and welcome to the Football Revolution. I'm your host, Gio. Great to have your company. 32 episodes in the can, one more tonight, plus a few extra player interviews along the way. It's been a hell of a season. That's a wrap for both the men's and the women's seasons. Uh, great atmosphere in the grand final, but not the script everyone thought was already written. But that's football and so much more to chat about in our season finale, but something that always goes to plan. I'm joined by my co-host, VIG. Good evening, VIG. Good evening. How are you going? I'm good, mate. Uh, there's so much to talk about. Uh, I think uh, not only is there the grand final, but there's also lots of stuff around the world as the, the all those seasons have come to the end, as well as the Johnny Warren medalist and a few other things we'll talk about. But, uh, mate, I hear you guys got a win. Yeah, happy days. A win on Friday night. Uh, watch the grand final Saturday night and uh, plenty of other football across the weekend and uh, lots of talking points. All right, mate, let's get stuck into it. So uh, coach of the year, Carl Viet, as Nick Montgomery was ineligible following his send-off earlier in the season. It was a game that I was at, so it wasn't textbook behaviour from both Monty and Serge, but the red card was harsh and not being named the best coach of the season was ridiculous. So the best behaved coach is Carl Viet. <laughs> is, oh, is that what we're going with? <laughs> apparently so, apparently so. I, I don't know. I think it's a it's a ridiculous rule. Um, you know, like it's clear and obvious that that Nick Montgomery was the best coach uh, in the A-League this year. He, he did absolute wonders with that Central Coast squad. Um, they, they've been progressing nicely over the, over the last two seasons. Um, you know, Carl Vitt's a, a great coach, yes. He, he's done really well with Adelaide, but he wasn't the coach of the year. And and to, you know, not be awarded that because of a, a send-off from the sidelines, uh, come on. Yeah, look, uh, there has to be more common sense. So, for example, if you are in it and say they award points, for example, each match like they do or something like that, you know, maybe if you're if you out coach someone each round or something, you get a point or whatever it works, you just get minus points if you get a red card, right? And if you still win it, you still win it. You can't just go, oh, okay, it's all or nothing. So he got sent off. So even if he was the best coach by a mile, Carl Viet is a good coach and he's a nice guy, but I'd feel embarrassed taking that award when you know that Monty was the best coach by a million miles. You know, like it's just you've put him in a situation and it's also not given Montgomery the credit, which is okay. Wasn't the best behaved one week, but still by far and away the best tactical coach and help his team to win a grand final with the help of Surge. But yeah, I, I, I don't know what they're thinking. This is another absolute uh, own goal from uh, from Football Australia. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's like the um, the AFL and the NRL, you know, Player of the Year awards. Um, I think if you if you get um, suspended through the judiciary or something like that, then I think you're you know you, you can't go on to win the award. So. I don't know why. Why are we still copying AFL and NRL and following their their systems? Stop it! Stop doing it! Let's just have our own rules. Like you said, if if you if you get a red card during the season, if you're sent off, all right, points are deducted. Pick up a yellow card here, there, whatever it is. Um, but come on, let's let's be honest. Nick Montgomery was was the coach of the year, and he deserves the award. Now, you know what will happen next? So it'll be like the Stephen Bradbury Award. So if 10 guys or 11 guys get uh, done for red cards in the year, they'll give it to Arthur Pappas next year, right? He'll get it for coming <laughs> a ninth or tenth or something because it's – no, I think Warren Moon's going to get it, even oh, yeah. though he's not, even though he's not coaching the A League team anymore. So yeah, that'd be a nice we'll, going away present. But uh, we'll, speaking of the A League uh, grand final, man of the match, hat trick hero Jason Cummings farewells the club, heading to Indian club Mohan Began SG. Uh, now that the season's finished, so uh, we won't get to see the uh, the Joker, the clown, whatever we call him uh, next season. And look, you know, he uh, he has added something definitely, not only in the uh, in the way of scoring goals, but also in the charisma and the uh, the appeal that he's brought to the league. Yeah, look, he's a he's a big character. He's a 
he's a self-made marketing machine. I, I call him. Um, he's he's come to the league. He's talked himself up. Um, he's got himself in the Socceroos squad. He's 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 got a holiday to a, to a World Cup, um, and and now he's got what, what's he scored? 18, 19, 20 goals this season or something like that. Um, a hat trick in the final. Uh, Joe Joe Mars the medal. Um, you know you you can't. You can't take that away from him. He's come out here. He's produced. He's a natural goal scorer. Um, he's, he's a big character, um, and you know, hats off to him. He's 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 done a great job for Central Coast. Um, he's done a, a great job uh, revitalizing his career, and um, now he's going to go and uh, get a reward and probably like a, a nice lucrative contract uh, in the Indian Super League. Yeah, look, he deserves it. But uh, talking of the player of the match, on to the player of the season. So the Johnny Warren medalist was awarded. So Matt Leckie was in fifth on 22. Also on 22 was Jay O'Shea on 22, Jay Mack on 26, Brandon Barillo on 33, and uh, that trusty left foot of Craig Goodwin on 41. Do you agree with uh, the Johnny Warren medalist? Uh, look, I, I think so. I think... Um... Craig Goodwin had a he had a tremendous season. Um, he's he's an influential player, especially in that Adelaide United side. Uh, scores goals, creates goals, uh, great from set pieces. Um, so I think I think it's well deserved, and and he probably accumulates points, you know, based on those on those attributes. Um, but in saying that, I think Brandon Barello had a tremendous season as well. Um, so he can feel a little a little hard done by. Yeah, look, I think if you look at it over two seasons, and obviously Barello wasn't here the previous season, but I thought Gooden was unlucky not to win it last year. I thought he definitely would be in the mix and he wasn't even close. So if you look at over two seasons of consistency uh, and a team that hasn't made the final as well, I think you know it's it's a fair result. But um, yeah, look, if I was Brandon Barello, I'd, I would have been disappointed because of the season I'd had. But uh, look, you can't, you can't really begrudge either of them winning the award. So congratulations to Craig. Talking of other major awards in the men's game, young footballer was Geordie Boss, who we know has been rewarded with a move over to Belgium. Coach of the year or best behaved, nicest guy was Carl Viet. And the keeper of the year was Lawrence Thomas, who we both uh, said was a knockout. He was just sim- simply sensational for the Wanderers this season. Yeah, look, all, all, all well-deserved. Um, I think Geordie Boss, you know, we, we spoke about him uh, when we named our, our team of the season and we both had him at left back there, so... Uh, he's been a standout youngster and, and got his well-deserved moved over to Belgium and look forward to see how, how he progresses over there and, and what he does next season and, and in the next couple of years. Um, and, and, yeah, I look, uh, Lawrence Thomas, uh, he, for me, he was he was goalkeeper of the year. Um, he should have been in. I mean, he should have been a starting goalkeeper in the, in the team of the season as well. So I think that's uh, well-deserved to him as well. So the women's awards, the Julie Dolan medal went to victories Alec Chidiak. Young footballer went to sensational Sydney midfielder or defender Sarah Hunter. Coach of the year went to Western uh, United's Mark Tocasso. And Golden Gloves also went to Western United's uh, shot stopper Hilary Beale. So all well-deserved awards as well. Yeah, again, across the board, uh, really well-deserved. You know, we saw the women's game. Um, you know, it was very competitive this year. You know, there, there were some some really good uh, goals scored, some some nice some nice football. I think we spoke about Alex Chidiak a lot, a lot on the show each week. Um, you know, she was one of our top performers, so uh, she's well deserved Player of the Year. But um, I think right across the board, I think the the level and the competitiveness um, throughout the teams uh, was really good this year. So well deserved. Congrats to the winners, and um, look forward to next season. A different type, um, major retiring players. So Dia Magic, Wilco, Liam Reddy, Matt Simon, Topor Stanley, Cruz, Jamison, Brad Jones. 
Caitlin Cooper, Anna Green, Tegan Allen, Kim Carroll, Tara Andrews, and Laura Brock, to mention a few, who will the league miss the most? Oh, look, some some really big names there. Um, for me, it's 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 the personalities. Um, you know, I think uh, Diamante um, massively. Although you know we didn't see him as much as we would have liked this season, um, he's a huge personality in and around the the dressing room. Um, you know, on and off the field as well. So he he's one that I'm definitely going to miss. Um, obviously, you know, you got your your players like Alex Wilkinson, Topper Stanley. Uh, Liam Reddy, that the, they've been in the league for for years years now, played over you know three hundred games for for their club, um, so that they're going to be big big losses, and it's going to be different, you know, watching a season next year uh, without these players. Yeah, look, um, I'm sure based on what we've seen this year with some of the quality young talent coming through, though, there'll be some new new names that uh, become household. But yeah, definitely players that have been fantastic for the league and uh, will be missed. So I, I promise this is the last time we'll talk about this. So Sydney hosting the grand final controversy still swirls. It shouldn't overshadow an amazing moment for the Mariners, but I think Danny T is missing the point. So great to be excited. It was a successful grand final, well planned by his team, all great. But it doesn't change the fact you blindsided the fans that support the game. So fucked. Champions League final, neutral venue, FA Cup, the same, the list goes on. Had you been upfront and transparent, you wouldn't be in the position you're in. So, um, you know, you, you didn't think they'd take it very well. That's why you didn't disclose it to the fans. Um, so, look, I suppose, hey, football fans, this is what we are doing and why $2 million will be invested in the B League, $2 million in our national team and so on. End of story. And fans might have not been happy, but they would have at least been told up front and they would have understood where the money was going. And if you feel a B-League's needed or you feel our national team needs more support, you might have said, okay, cool, that makes sense. But not to do it because you knew it wouldn't be liked and to do it and then try and hide behind the players was absolute fail and it is fucked. You stuffed this up. So, mate, you're missing the point. You put on a great event, but you shouldn't have had to be talking about that because we're not worried about how good your staff's doing. We're worrying about the fact that you're blindsided football fans, mate. So, you know, get with the program, start realising what you did wrong uh, and stop worrying about things, talking about how good your team did. That's great, but you can do that in their KPIs. Or their yeah, performance Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, look, there's there's so many things that have have gone wrong this year. Um, you know, I don't want to take away from Central Coast winning the final, and it was a great event. Uh, you know, I think the crowd was twenty six thousand. Um, you know, bit of mayo on, on that. I think from the APL and the A leagues because with the, what I was seeing um, on, on the TV was was the top stands were, were pretty empty, but. Um, look, it was great to have you know Central Coast Mariners, uh, you know fans down there. A few travelling up from uh, from Melbourne City as well. But um, you know, could the result have been different if if Melbourne City play that grand final at home? Um, you know, like in previous years where the, the top seeded team uh, gets a home final. Um, who knows? Maybe maybe Melbourne City are holding up the trophy and the Mariners aren't. So um, you know, we we can't we can't wind back wind back the clock and, and go back to, you know, before Christmas when, when the decision or, you know, the the decision was made to, to announce um, that the final was going to be in Sydney for the next three years. Um, but what the APL and the A-Leagues need to do now is they, they need to build build that, you know, relationship with the fans back up again um, and, and they need to start working on that, you know, tomorrow uh, up leading up until the start of next season. Um, you know, like like you said, if if the announcement was, you know, if this was thought out, and um, the announcement was was put towards the, the, you know, everyone knew about it before the season started. This is what we're doing. This is why we're doing it. 
um, we'd like you to get on board. Here we go. We're gonna we're gonna do this. Um, if it was done like that before the season, um, you know, I think it would have got a, a much. It, it probably would have got the same the same response, initial response. But once people thought about it and, and understood why they were actually making that decision to to host the final um, for the next three years in Sydney and the money they were receiving from from the New South Wales government to do that, I think people would have understood. But now they've they've just pissed off, you know, a fan base across the nation. Pretty much, you know, every club is is angry about it. Every every fan from from the clubs angry about it. Um, but yeah, so look, they've got a, a big job to do um, this off season in getting the fans back on side. Uh, but it's just the little things, like they they did a the, the final was held at Combank Stadium, right? But the pregame party was at Moore Park in in Sydney. You know, like hello, like. A bit of common sense. If if you're going to host the grand final in Parramatta at Combank Stadium, do all the other activities surrounding that. Make people want to go there the day before. Like it, it's not it's not rocket science, right? It's it's just common sense. Like you having an NSL A League Legends match. Like that was a last minute throw together because you stuffed something up the week before. There was no Bayern Munich versus A League uh, All Stars game. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'll, I've got to stop before I get before I get uh, too uh, fired up here. There's this steam starting to come out. There's steam starting to come out of my ears. Seriously, I know. All right, Aussies abroad. Ange Postecoglou's Celtic defeat Inverness three one to claim the Scottish treble and could be Aussie Ange's parting gift as Tottenham close in on signing our groundbreaking coach. So probably by the second, it's getting closer and closer. Our young Matildas defeated Lebanon five nil in the AFC uh, AFC under twenty qualifiers. Our Matildas are preparing for our friendly against France in July, a week before the World Cup kicks off. And our men's under-23s face Qatar tomorrow in the Maurice Ravello tournament. So plenty on uh, for our national teams. Football doesn't stop. And, yeah, we are, our attention now turns to um, the national sides, uh, you know, the, the men's juniors and, and the women's as well. So looking forward to seeing what the under-23s, uh, Oli Roos uh, squad can do um, tomorrow night against Qatar. Everton survived, Leeds and Leicester caught the train back to the championship station with the Southampton. So unfortunately for those two <laughs> clubs, they uh, they will be playing championship football next season. Man City beat bitter rivals United 2-1 to secure the second stone of the treble gauntlet with the last stone to be won against uh, Inter in the Champions League final. I think it's next week. Speaking of uh, Champions League or champion players, Kareem Benzema leaves Real Madrid after 14 years and more trophies than he can carry by himself. Um, so not sure where he'll land. He might end up in one of the rich uh, Middle East uh, leagues or somewhere where Ronaldo or Messi will be, but uh, he'll definitely be missed from the uh, La Liga. Yeah, dead say I think I think the Saudis are just backing up a few oil, oil trucks into uh, Karen Benzema's house in, <laughs> in in Madrid at the moment. But um, yeah, it looks like he's he's off to to Saudi Arabia. I think uh, the deal is is with the Saudi government, so they're they're potentially paying for for him to go over there and, and he gets to pick his club but I think rumors are it's uh he's going to Al Itihad, I think that they're called. So um we'll see see how that goes and, and how that pans out over the next uh you know twenty four hours I guess before an announcement is made and Fabrizio Romano gives us the uh the big here we go tweet. So um yeah, looking looking forward to that. But you know, he's a he's a tremendous player. But it, it's a shame that you know our top leagues around the world uh, are losing these players um, to the to the Saudi league. 
Mate, we'll see in two or three months' time when he's there. If it's still the um, Bernabeu, let's see if he's he's rating it as high as the Bernabeu. But speaking of that, and probably the perfect uh, next topic is the Lions. Latan Ibrahimovic says goodbye to football. The superstar pushing his body to the limit and retiring at the unbelievable age of forty-one, but in a proper league. Instead of going to the Saudi leagues and all this, he's finished in Serie A. Okay, it's not as powerful as it once was, but this year they've made some ground by obviously, you know, having one team in the Champions League final, they had a couple in the the in the knockout stages. So maybe the Italians on their way back, but thank God he's gone and played in a league where you've actually got, you know, I don't know, some sort of grace as you leave the game instead of going to a league where some of the people know who you are, but some of them might not even know. It's just, I don't know. I'm with you. I think <laughs> this is just a great way for him to go out. And he was actually, there was some of his teammates were crying. So it goes to show uh, how important it is over there. They wouldn't be crying. They'd be going, beauty, there's more money for us now that that clown's gone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate. It, it, look, he's, he's a lion. He's, he's at the top of the food chain. He's been at the top of the food chain for, you know, 20 years now uh, over his career. He's just an absolutely crazy player. He's, uh, for a guy, he's, his size, uh, his physique, and um, the skill he possesses, he's, you know, he, he just glides with the ball. And um, like, a, like a fine wine, the old Zlatan just gets better with age. And, um, you know, he, he went overseas to the MLS. He came back. He, he signed with Man United. He, you know, he's, he's come back from ACL injuries, but... He's just an absolute machine, and um, like you said, I think it was uh, Sandro Tonali with the with the tears. He was exploding, and um, you know the fans fans in the crowd as well. So uh, goes to show how much he means to to the fans at, at AC Milan, and, and also the players. Um, you know, just having him around. I know he didn't play a lot this year, but just having him around the dressing sheds. Um, you know, you'd love to hang out with him twenty four seven, wouldn't you? Mate, I, I uh, just goes to show how much football fans in general that love the game miss him because I'm an Inter fan and I still am really sad to see him go. Probably good for us because it means we don't have him trying to wreck any more uh, derbies for us. But yeah, he's been an unbelievable player. He's highlight reels and even you know some of the commentary and everything. He's just he's a one in a million. You know, just a complete package. But uh, yeah, look, we wish him all the best. Player escape room. We are joined for a chat by one of Brisbane Roar's next generation defender, Noah Smith. Revolutionised roundup of the men's grand final. And is there anything I didn't see? Big. I'll tell you what you've you've pretty much nailed nailed everything. But there's some some late mail that um, I think La Liga have now approved um, or or allow they're allowing Barcelona to hold talks uh, with Lionel Messi uh, again. So we'll see what happens. Um, apparently, his uh, his brother or his dad's ha- having a meeting with uh, Laporta now. I think from from Barca. So. Um, we'll see how that transpires, but there's rumours floating around that he'll maybe sign for into Miami and then be loaned back, or, or I don't know what's going on, but they're, they're trying to work out a deal to, to get Messi back to Barcelona. So watch this space. Yeah, mate, I'll tell you, this is how the conversation went. We've lost Ronaldo. Oh, hang on a sec. We've lost Benzema now. Oh, God, we've got to get back Messi now. We've got to get Messi back at any cost. Let's loan him out. Let's uh, let's photocopy him. Whatever you have to do, just bring him back to the league. So, yeah, La Liga is really starting to struggle if they, uh, if they don't have a couple of big names there. And Benzema is probably one of the jewels. It won't be long before we start seeing Modric and the likes leaving the league as well. So they have to start to stock up, right? Otherwise, they're going to get left behind. The Bundesliga and other leagues will start to uh, overtake with the quality of you know players and the quality of the football they're playing. So. Yeah, they have to be careful to bring back uh, the little Argentinian legend. But uh, yeah, look, I'm not surprised, and and it's great. But <laughs> I did miss that. But uh, being a Barca fan, I'm not too upset if he does come back. So we'll leave it at that. But uh, my weekly rap has been replaced by a shout out dedicating a weekly song to a team or a player for their good or bad performance. 
This week's shout-out goes to Nick Montgomery, Sergio Ramundo, uh, the Mariners players and fans. What a victory against the odds and on a minimum budget. And the song we sent to them is the Scripps On The Money track, Underdog. When you think I've given up, I start to fight. When you think I've had enough, I start to bite. I'm going to prove the whole world wrong tonight. This is for the underdog, underdog. You can count me out with the watch me right. I've been going up against the... The club was lost and was dreaming of the good old days, but Monty and Serge have given the club even better new days. Goes to show what good people that know football can bring to a club and a team. Congrats to you all. Yeah, huge. Look, they've, we've, we've spoken about it before. We had them on the show. They've done a tremendous job this season. Um, and just, just by talking to them, we, we knew the, you know, the effort, the hard work, the dedication that they put into their jobs uh, day in, day out. And um, you know, just happy to see them get some reward for it in, in the end. It also goes to show, right, we've had plenty of uh, star players on this year, but we've only had two star coaches, and they were the two that won the league. So uh, I don't know what that means for the other coaches. But, uh, hey, look, we're, we're, we're interested in having you on. I know they were groundbreaking, but uh, maybe we are a bit of good luck. Give us a call. If you want to come on the show, you might <laughs> might be lifting the toilet seat come uh, the end of next season. 100%. Otherwise, you might be sitting on the toilet seat. But um, revolutionised roundup of the grand final. So this is our last for the year. It's um, for those listeners, we know the score, the goal scorers, the players of the game, the turning point, and what we would have changed either Coach G or VIG. But uh, this time, I think we're going to do a, a duo one here because there's only just the one game. So obviously, it was the big one, the big dance, the grand final between Melbourne City and Central Coast Mariners uh, on Saturday night, hosted at uh, Wanderer Stadium at uh, Combank Stadium. But uh, the final score was... Uh, 6-1 to Central Coast Mariners, the goal scorers, Cummings in the 20th, Silvera in the 24th, or the 34th, I think it was, uh, Van Deveen in the 40th, Cummings again in the 65th from the penalty spot, and again in the 73rd from the penalty spot, Encololo in the 83rd, and then Maresh finishing off uh, the goal scoring festivities in the 91st, so a uh, 6-1 win. For me, the player of the game was... Um, Triantis and Caltac were a rock at the back, and I know that uh, Cummings was clinical and also won the uh, Joe Marsden medal, but for me, Sammy Silvera was a showstopper with a goal and an assist. So anybody that didn't realise that he was the man of the match must have been watching something different to me or they must have been enjoying their hot dog and their beer too much because he was absolutely sensational. He's continued that form that he's been in for the last probably month, I'd say, um, and Surely this guy gets a call up to the Socceroos. He's been absolutely brilliant for last month. But just everything that he did the other day had class written all over it in the grand final. Yeah, look, I don't think there was a bad player on the pitch for the Central Coast Mariners. They were all brilliant. Um, you know, right from the right from the opening whistle um, to the end of the 90, they, they were just absolutely on fire. Um, yeah, when you when you look at the game, you look, you see Jason Cummins scored a hat-trick. Um, you know, the, the first one, he, he got a bit lucky. Um, you know, the defender's sort of been he, he a bit stuck in the mud. I think it was Curtis Good and the ball's bounced up and fallen to Cummins' feet. And then two penalties. But, you know, you've got to, you've got to take those chances and, and you've got to step up in, in pressure situations to, to score those penalties. So, um, you know, if, you, if you're looking at the game, you know, just from that, then all right, I can understand why they've given uh, Cummings the, the Joe Marsden medal. But... Um, like you said, oh, I thought Sammy Silvera was brilliant. Um, you know, the first that that goal, the first goal he scored, he just put you know race on absolute toast. Like he, he saw the spacing behind him, received the ball the, the way he received it with his outside foot. Um, you know, that that's that's how you should receive the ball when you when you're playing on the on the wing like that. Um, and his first touch past the defender into space absolutely burns him. 
cuts inside, drives direct at goal, which you know that's what that's what you're taught to do once you once you get in behind, go towards goal, and then the way he just he he, he just casually opens his body up and and slots a bottom corner. Um, you know that's that's not easy to do, especially when you're running at at speeds. So uh, the technique to to finish that off in a in a high pressure environment was um, you know that's a that's a great goal for me. And then the assist that he provided uh, for Encololo, the, the cheeky like outside of the foot dink cross to, to cross to the back stick. Um, you know that's that's almost world class. They're the type of things you see in the Premier League and then the top five leagues around around uh, Europe. So. Um, you know, I thought that was that was tremendous, and like I said, I, I thought you thought he was player of the match. I thought he was player of the match as well. So um, well, let's let's give it to him. Yeah, look at this, Vig. So you, you look at it, right? So no disrespect, he was he's been fantastic all year, and he had a had a good final, and he obviously scored a hat trick. But how many players in the A League could score the toe poke? A lot. How many can score from the penalty spot? A lot. How many players could do what he did for his goal, Silvera of the cross? A handful. That's simple Not facts. Many. So you're asking, okay, who had the biggest impact on the game? Yes, he scored three goals, but <laughs> Sammy Silvera did things that most players in the league can't do and was absolutely sublime. So for me, if Faith uh, Cummings is the man of the match, congratulations, but we both have no idea about football because without doubt, stop the fight, Sammy Silvera was the best player on the park. Yeah, and and that's the, the, the second goal that the Mariners scored, which was Silvera's first, that came at a time where Melbourne City were, were just starting to get back into the match as well, right? So um, that they, they were starting to get a bit more possession, and that that goal, you know, puts them puts them two 0 up. I know they scored again before half time, but um, you know, I think that was a really important goal as well. Hey, mate, what was the turning point for you? Uh, look, the, the turning point. I, I just think Melbourne City got it wrong from, from the get go. Um, you know the, the the lineup they put out. Uh, Nuno Racer right back, uh, questionable. Uh, you know I, I wouldn't have played in there against against Silvera or Encololo, whoever was playing on on that side. Um, you know I, I just I, I think I think that you know the formation they started with uh, Lecky on the inside as well, uh, not playing in his in his regular you know position on the right hand side where he can break lines and get him behind the defence and. And cause all sorts of trouble, um, but then uh, of course you know the, the two penalties in the second half, um, you know they're they're unfortunate, but the, the first one Nabu just just naive to to go in like that in the box and 100% that's a penalty for me, and um, and then the second one is is a little bit unfortunate with uh, with Callum Talbot uh, sliding in, but when when you slide like that uh, in, in the box, um, you leave yourself open to to a handball situation. Yeah, mate, I think you're on the money there. I think uh, definitely the two penalties didn't help, but uh, Melbourne's tactics, their hunger and formation weren't right. And look, without a doubt, the better team definitely won and deserved to be the champion. So I think City could have played for another month and they still wouldn't have been able to beat uh, the Mariners. The Mariners just had their measure. And, you know, in football, every little one-on-one battle is its own match in the the game. I don't think City won one. If you looked across the park, all 11 11 matchups, I don't think there's one matchup they would have won. So they had no hope of winning the game. You look on the bench, the coaches, it was a knockout. I think Monty and Serge, as we said before the game, tactically, you know, left Vitasic for dead. So, yeah, look, unfortunately, there's not, no embarrassment in uh, City in going out there and they did try their best and they never threw the towel in, but uh, they were just the second best on the day. But uh, what we would have changed, Coach uh, Gio or VIG, for me, you mentioned Reyes at right back, strike number one. Van Der Veen should have started over Barisha. 
uh, which happened anyway, but that's still strike number two. Berengay, for me, should have been on the run-on side. He brings something different to the rest of the team because Lecky and Naboo and that are all similar the way they run and run at players and all that. So he's different. He's a, he's a football brain. He should have played that strike three. Parking your Ferrari behind your Lamborghini, boss behind Tilio. Tilio's an amazing, a great attacking player, but he's blocking uh, the best young attacking left back in the league from getting forward. So that's a waste of time. So everything was wrong. We could talk about it all night, but I don't think there's anything that Vitasic did well. And I know he defended it, and that's great, mate. You can stick to your plan, but the plan stunk, and I don't think you gave your team a chance of winning. Um, and so in the end, you've run away with uh, nothing and you've ended up uh, 6-1, you know, 6-1 loss. And I'd said if PK was on the uh, sitting on the other bench, it would have been a very close game. So um, they should have got someone, in my opinion, to replace PK before he left and not just thrown uh, Vitasic in there. I think they've just stumbled across from when he left to the finish line with the quality they have in the squad. But I don't think he's brought anything uh, unpredictable or new to the table. So, yeah, for me, that was a big fail. But um uh, as mentioned, Cummings is gone. Triantis is not far behind, if you believe the mail to Sunderland. Who else can you see leaving? And will that damage the Mariners' chances of uh, being successful again next season? Yeah, look, they've, they're have they going to have to bring a, another striker in now, 100%, because Cummings is is 100% confirmed. Uh, looks like Triantis is, is 99.9% confirmed uh, with his move to, to Sunderland. Um but like you know, I, I don't know. There's some, some good young midfielders, you know, Nisbet, Ballard. Um, you know, I, I can see them leaving if not next season, the, the one after. Um, so you know, they're, they're going to have to do a little bit of rebuilding. Um, you know, Sammy Silvera, he's already had a stint overseas uh, in Portugal, but off the back of his performances at the back end of this season, um, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if if someone comes knocking for him as well. So. Um, you know they've they've had to they've had to bring in players that they've, they've sold players before. You know they had Kai Rolls who's, who's gone over Grand Qual. Um so they have had to deal with this. Yeah, before. Miller as well. Um, old Miller as well. Yeah, of course. But but the the biggest the biggest one is you know there there might be clubs coming in for Montgomery and Serge now. You know so they might have to pretty much start from scratch and bring in a new coach. So it's going to be an interesting off season for the Mariners. Um, is it the end of a cycle for them? Perhaps. You know, the the coaches could be moving on. There could be three, four, five players moving on. Um, you know, it, it's unfortunate, but these things happen in football. That's 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 you know, that's the name of the game. You you, you get good, and and people want to um, people want to pay for you, and and you know, want to offer you contracts overseas. So, um, you know, if if anything, it's it's well deserved from the club. The club needs to make sure they they they're compensated for all of this, and they, and they get. Uh, the right money in and, and then they can go and rebuild. But it, it's going to be a, a tough ask to, to hold on to a few players in that squad. Yeah, look, I think uh, with what they've achieved this year, you just hope that going forward you just keep the same formula right. And even if you lose those two great guys at the helm, you just hope now that you can attract good coaches and good players going forward uh, and that the club can keep continuing with their success because you're not going to hold on to anyone forever, right? It's proven when Messi left uh, – when Messi left and now, you know, Barca and now you've got, you know, um, Benzema leaving Madrid, nothing lasts forever, right? It happens everywhere. People move on. You just got to find a way of making sure that you'll make your club appealing. And basically what you'd seen, not only on the pitch this year, but by behind the scenes, all the support staff, the fans that got behind it and that, it's a place you want to be, right? It's a great, it's a great stadium. It's a great location. It's a great lifestyle, and that. So you just hope that they can continue that on, no matter who's there next year or not. But and you'd like to see them up there again, pushing for some more silverware. But uh, 
that's the end of our revolutionised grand final uh, roundup. Up after the break, we welcome to the player escape room Brisbane Roar's talented young defender, Noah Smith, back after the break. You're listening to the Football Revolution. Joining us now in the player escape room is a talented young man. Please welcome to the show Brisbane Roar's defender, Noah Smith. G'day, Noah. Welcome to the show. How are you? I'm great, thank you. Thanks for having me. It's great to have you here. I know I'm, I'm cutting into your off-season, so I'm very appreciative that you've made the time. But, uh, mate, it is off-season and you're back in Adelaide visiting family. What, what do you like to get up to most when you don't have uh, the coaches watching every move, every calorie and everything? <laughs> nah, it's not much uh, not much different from the regular season. I'm still just going out for coffee with my mates, playing a bit of golf here and there, still training as much as I can, obviously. But, um, yeah, it's pretty calm. Just trying to get into a routine and not wake up at 12.31 every day because it's pretty easy to do that when you've got no responsibility. Mate, of course, and the parents are sitting there and they're loving having you home, so they're happy. They don't care what time you sleep into. They want to give you the luxury of recharging your batteries. But speaking mm-hmm. of family, does that give you a big recharge when you go back to Adelaide? A hundred percent. Just like my sister's here as well and um, I've got heaps of friends and family friends and just being able to see them, especially being somewhere where they're working, they can't come and see you all the time. So just being able to have dinner with them, sit at the table, eat with them, go out, uh, go out for lunch with them and everything, it just – just sets your mind straight and it's just one of the best things for a footballer in my opinion. Mate, it doesn't matter how big our, um, A-League fans, your family are or friends, every year when it finishes, they're celebrating, right? Because they go, beauty, we get Noah back, right? They don't care if it finishes, they get you back, they get their, their friend and their son back too, I'll be able to spend time mm-hmm. with them. Exactly right, exactly right. Mate, how do you enjoy living in Brisbane? So uh, some people love it, some people don't. I know at this point in time it's where you're playing your football, so you don't get a choice, mm-hmm. but are you enjoying it? And what, what do you find different, you know, most different between living there or, say, back home in Adelaide or Melbourne where you've spent some time? Well, I'll tell you one thing. When I met there, it was the start of February. I've never experienced heat like I felt on that first training session. We start at nine, right, earlier than other teams I play for because it's hot. I could not believe how much I was sweating and how tired I was from those 30-degree days training in the middle of summer as, as when I moved to Brisbane. So that's one thing that I still haven't gone used to yet, I don't think. But um, besides that, I think Brisbane's an awesome city. You know, you've got the Goldie, sunny coast right there and all the all the boys there and everyone I've met from Brisbane are just so laid back, easy going and, yeah, I can't complain at all. All right, so take out family, friends and that. Is there one thing from Adelaide you wish you could have taken with you to uh, – like a pet or something, is there something you wish or a bar or a club or anything? Is there something you wish you could have taken with you to Brisbane? If I could pick up Summit and Beach, which is two minutes from my house and put that two minutes from my house in Brisbane, I'd do that. But besides that, I, I can't complain. All right, mate. You've just completed your first season at the Raw. You've made a number of appearances. There's a change in coach and you still finished a, a respectable eighth, only two wins outside the top six. How would you rate your season personally? So if, we, if this was your report card for school? What do you give yourself? B, A, what do you give yourself? I give myself a, oh, that's a great question. I think I'd say B minus okay. because it was obviously tough start of the year, victory, played a few games, didn't, obviously victory season didn't go as anyone expected. Moved over to Brisbane and I do think I helped the team. We I played quite a few games, we got some wins, we pushed for finals and I do think I improved as a player but I just know that there's so much more I can do. So much. The next level I can, next step I can take is just going really to the next level, and um, hopefully that's what's going to happen this year and turn that B minus into an A. 
Nice, mate. I uh, Like I said, I, I, it's nice to see you modest, but also I think it's probably pretty accurate, maybe slightly on the lower side, but I, I'd say it's pretty close to where you've been. It was, you know, you recovered from a situation you were in and you did. I think you definitely, we saw some really good signs from you in the Raw, so it should be exciting for you and for the fans for next year. Mate, the A-League can be known as the Recycle League, right, as numerous players can have half a dozen A-League jerseys uh, by the time they retire. You're a talented young player, but you've started ticking off clubs super early, right? So you got Adelaide, Mariners, Victory, and now Raw. Mm-hmm. Have you found your home, do you think, in the A-League? I hope. I certainly hope so. I find it's so funny because it's just the way the league is. Every team every, every team has players that have played for many teams, and I can't believe some of the players that have been three, four different teams at the quality they have when I meet them. And I'm thinking, how can this player be played for four teams already when he's one of the best players I've played with in this league? And I just find that Football is all about opportunity and, and some players settled better in different situations than others. And, and especially in this country, all you need is one or two good seasons playing where you're comfortable, you're happy, you're committed, and then that will boost your career to hopefully go overseas. Like I look at I look at different players. Ruan Tonyuk was at his fifth A-League club, I think it was, before he played for the Socceroos. Kai Rolls was at Central Coast for four years before he became, and now he's a Socceroos starter. He played in a team where they won three or four games or something. And then when I played with him, he's the best player I've played with in my career. And now he's going to be a soccer centre-back for the next 10 years, in my opinion. So it's just all about situation and opportunity and everything. And and I think there's plenty of quality in this league to make this uh, A-League one of the best leagues in, maybe not the world, but yeah, one of the best leagues in uh, this side of the continent. I, I am surprised because, like I said to you, you are – you are a bit like a four-leaf clover. Left-sided players that can, uh, you know, play multiple play- positions on the left is very rare. So I am quite shocked that uh, you have moved so many clubs already. But I think, mate, it's great for a young guy to get experiences. And, you know, you've learned from that. And you're now in a situation where you should hopefully embark on the biggest season you've had to date. So uh, we're looking forward to that. There's a new gaffer next season, Ross Aloisi. Um, do you know him from your time in Adelaide? Yeah, he was my assistant coach. On, um, he was underneath Cole Viet when I first started playing in Adelaide. and. I think Ross is a brilliant football mind and he helped me so much when I first started playing because obviously I was only 20, 19, 20 when I first started playing and, and Ross was awesome to me. So I'm super excited to see what this year is going to be like because I just know how good of a coach Ross is going to be. Mate, uh, has he spoken to you about next season yet? Has he told you what he's got in mind or are um, they giving you a break, letting you recharge and then they'll talk to you when you get back? They're giving us a bit of a break. He had a, he had a slight, uh, small meeting with the new squad um for next season just before we went on break but um he just wants us to recharge and refocus and come pre-season i'm sure we'll know what it's going to be like it's a good thing for you because if a new coach come in and you didn't know him and he didn't speak to you and you go and leave you don't know if you're in the good bad or in different mm-hmm. books but now that he knows yeah. you and he knows your quality that's uh, that's a real good sign for you yeah 100 percent. it'd be a stressful seven weeks if uh he didn't say anything to any of us Mate, what are your goals uh, for next season? Have you set yourself goals yet or will you re- re-evaluate or will you wait until we get close to the season? Yeah, I think I'll wait. Like, Obviously, I have a few things in mind, nothing like no specific goals, but there's a few things that I want to do. And like you said before, I have the best year of my career, which I'm hopefully setting up to have. And um, just little stuff like that, play as many games as possible and, and just little goals. But I, right now, I'm just focusing on doing everything I can in this off-season to come back in the best shape and, and yeah, really smash through the pre-season. Right, so at the moment, you've just got checklists of uh, multiple coffees, catch up with friends, uh, do all the things in Adelaide you haven't done for a while and then, uh, then exactly. we'll worry about the football side of things in, in a, what, about five, six weeks' time? Yeah, obviously I'm still running and, and uh, gymming and everything, but just trying to enjoy the, the other side of it as well and just relaxing and catching up with friends and everything like that.
Mate, is there a food that you obviously stay away from probably during the season, but that you can you can afford that break when you're outside of season? Is there one thing if you could, um, or that you will basically you know break your diet and have while you're uh, in the off season? It's a great question. I think generally I'm pretty good regardless. The one thing that I miss the most when I'm away, and it's not because it's a bad food, it's just because I can't I don't have access to it. Is my nunna's cooking? Okay, she is um, Scary. unbelievable, this is dangerous. <laughs> unbelievable, and obviously I can't have it for. She's not going to ship it up to Brisbane for me. <laughs> so when I'm back down here, I like to just enjoy what she, whatever she's cooking for me. What's her killer dish? Has she got something that uh, is, your, is your main one? Oh, every, there's not one thing I can say. Anything that she cooks is perfect. And the funny thing is I'll try and learn how to cook it and she'll, she'll show me exactly and just never, never taste the same. Yeah, awesome. All right, mate, uh, let's get stuck into the first game I like to play with our, with our guests. It's called Six Aside. I ask you six questions comparing you and your Brisbane Raw teammates. If you offend any of them, you won't see them for a few weeks, so hopefully they would have forgotten by the time they see this. Yeah. You ready to play? Oh, let's do it. Let's All right. It. Who has more style or better dress sense, you or your roommate, Taris Gamolka? Taris is one of the worst dressed footballers I've played with. I'll just say yeah. that. So do you win by default or are you got good dress sense? I, I, I don't think my dress sense is that good, but Taris is just he – just, once you see the Air Forces, he's rocking up the training in some days, that's enough set. <laughs> All right, so who's the best dresser? If, if you two are both, if you slightly win by a nose against someone who's not, you don't rate as a, as a uh, stylish guy, who's the best dresser in the uh, in the team? Well, he's not actually going to be here next year from what I know, but Geordie Courtney Perkins is, he's, yeah, very very uh, stylish man he is. All right, so he's left now, which means you've got no one to uh, to show you the ropes, so we might have to find someone. This might be something oh, we have to Actually, Jez, Jez Lofthouse as well. Okay. Yeah, super, super good, uh, super well dressed man. He is. All right. Who trains harder in the gym, you or Kai Truen? Oh, Kai. That and that's quick. not to say I don't train. Hard, that was quick, mate. I just know Kai is a is an animal in the gym. Very, yeah. He's super strong, super impressive. And yeah, he definitely drives a lot of the other boys as well, in my opinion. Lovely honesty. All right. Who would make the better Hollywood actor, you or Jez Lofthouse? Yeah. I'll probably be the worst actor. Jez, I'm, I think Jez by default. He's, okay. he's got the looks for it, but I don't know what his acting skills are like. But uh, What would he be in? Could he be in Home and Away? Like what would you put him yeah. in? <laughs> yeah, he's got that feature <laughs> type of Home and Away look, I reckon. Yeah, Point Break or something like that. All right, so what about you? Like you, you, like I said, I've seen you interviewed. You seem like you're, you're cruising when you do it. So is that just good luck, better than, I suppose, more than good, good management? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't think – I think when I have a conversation, it's easy because it's just natural talking. But if I had a camera in my face, I'd just – I would not know what to say. I'd freeze. I would, yeah, be horrible. No, I think when someone's, te- when someone's so telling hard. me what to say, yeah. Yeah, it's, so, look, it's easy when you just have to improvise, but when you got actual lines, it's difficult because mm. you're trying to remember as well as speak at the same – it's just too many things. Yeah. Right? So, too um, many things, yeah. All right. Who takes longer in the shower, you or Scott Neville? Oh, I think – I, I think I take quite long in the shower, to be honest, because I just like chatting, I sing, I just muck around in the ice bath for a while. And to be fair, Scotty Neville's normally, he's normally out of the shower before I'm even there. So, yeah, I think it'd be me. All right. So who's in there? If you're, if you're in there singing and chatting and that, who's in there? There's obviously others that are in there taking a hell of a long time too. So uh, the hot water bills through the roof. Who, who's, <laughs> who have you normally got in there as, a, as someone who's entertaining each other? Henry Hall is normally a good one. He can have a good convo and just he just cruises he cruises at his own pace no matter what he does. Um, 
yeah, so he's one of the good ones. And then Louis Zabala, one of the young boys, he, we all just cruise together and just chat and muck around. Mate, cool place to be. All right. Who sucks up to the coach more, you or Henry Hoare? You can base this on last year, whether it be Warren Moon or the interim coach you had. Who who goes that little bit of extra mile that he doesn't need to, but you just know that uh, they're doing it? To be fair, I don't think any of us – all of us are pretty good. Like um, Greeny, our, our gaffer, towards the end of last year, he was good with everyone, was open, could have a chat. So I don't think anyone felt the need to suck up too much. But, um, yeah, I'm not going to say myself. So I think I right. have to Mate, say, can, have to say Henner's then. We could we, we can declare declare that null and void. If it's neither of you yeah. guys, I'm happy we can just rule that one out. Yeah, I think declare that one null and void. All right. And the last one, who is more likely to be late to training or to the airport for an away game? You or Ramat Akabari? Well, it's funny. Actually, I'm gonna have to say me because I was late to when we went to New Zealand uh, to play Wellington, I was late to the airport. Me in Paris and Ramat wasn't. So I have to say me, but but it was only because we have gone to the international airport where me and Taris had never been before and we couldn't <laughs> find the car parking. And we're only late by a minute and we still have to pay this massive fine and everything. So, But tell me Normally this. Normally I'm punctual, like, but that I was I find this confusing. so strange now. This is what I find really strange, right? You've got players that you need to be in a place. Okay, they're good footballers, but it might, might mean that they're rubbish at navigations. Why don't they have somebody that goes, okay, who's no chance of getting to the airport on time because they're hopeless with directions? Okay, six guys put their hands up. Great. Let's go and get a, a, an Uber for these guys or get a, a shared bus or something for you guys to get there. Why do they leave it up to you guys to try and find your way there? It's a great question. And and we had to be there at like 6, 6.30 in the morning. So both Taris and I were half asleep. We weren't sure where we were going. We'd never been to this place. And we finally get there a minute or two later and all the boys are just, yeah, clapping at us. And, yeah, it wasn't a good time. All right, so this year, do you want me to book you in the night before you can just fly up early to to, <laughs> to make sure you're there on time? Yeah, that would be great, actually. And we'll just tell Ross, look, he's already there. For me. He's already there, mate. We'll just say, look, Noah's already there. He's taking Kamalka with him, and they're both sitting up there. They're waiting at the terminal for you guys when you arrive. <laughs> yeah, we'll start unloading the luggage before they have to. Mate, there's plenty of people to do that. We just want you to perform on the pitch. Don't worry about it. We'll find <laughs> someone to do that. All right, mate, and quickly, a bonus one. Tell us one thing you know you're much better at than a teammate. So when you arrived uh, from victory this year, you came during the season, when you got there, there would have been something that you noticed straight away. And, you know, sometimes a bit nerve-wracking walking into a new team, but you would have looked around and gone, oh, I'm better at this than that guy. So at least it would have made you feel a bit comfortable. There's quite a few things I could say. I just definitely know I'm better at basketball than Henry Hoare, for okay. sure. Are you, is that is that by default or you're, you're good? No, nah, no. Nah, I just he just talks a big game, but I know I've I've got him. <laughs> okay. And the funny thing is, we we have these arguments, and because it was late in the season, we never actually played any basketball, any tennis. We never did any running competitions because we we're serious on the season. But now, but Henry still claims that he's better than me, and without even versing him, I just know I've got him. So that's just one that I'll just want to keep over his head for a long time. Do you think, is that another sport that you could have played at a high level if you didn't play football or is there something else or nah, football is just your game? Um, I did play basketball quite a lot growing up, but obviously I'm just not that big. But Aussie rules, I played a lot growing up as well and I, I loved playing that game. And um, I wish I wish more athletes in this country would play two sports until they were older because everyone, like I had to choose between Aussie rules and football when I was like 12, 13 and it was a no-brainer for me. But I just wish there was other people could play multiple sports until they were 16, 17, because I think it, it helps with their coordination. It helps with their ability to develop different aspects of each game so much that it's something that we should stress more to young kids. 
you, you uh, what position did you play in AFL? Oh, in the in the middle. Okay. Although if I was to play footy now, I'd be I'd be the most outside player there is. Like no, hundred percent with the left foot. There's no left footers in the AFL. Yeah. There's hardly anyone that can kick a ball with their left foot. They just stand there on their left feet. <laughs> I'd be on the wing, nowhere near the contest. No hard ball gets nothing, but. Mate, like I said, if you ever hang the boots up, we might be able to get you a gig in the AFL. But, uh, mate, I think you'll go good at football, so we'll, we'll forget about that. But, uh, mate, you've passed that with flying colours. Let's get into the second game I like to play, which is called 1-2. I give you a few uh, topics. You just tell me your thoughts on those. If you get stuck, I'll try and bail you out. No problem. Let's do it. What song best describes you? And if you if you don't, if don't I don't know the song, you have to sing or, or say a few lines. What song best describes me? Yeah, it could be something that motivates you or it could be something that if if you said that song, you, you, your family would say, oh, yeah, that's definitely a, a Noah Smith song. Um, I'll say something by Kanye is my favourite. Okay. Um, something like Flashing Lights or Can't Tell Me Nothing. And don't please tell me you know because I'm not singing. That's no, all right, mate. You know what? I'll just add the overlays in later on. I'll I'll get the experts to do it and chuck it in that way. They'll get to see uh, the cool, the cool, the cool you, and then hear the cool voice of uh, the person that can actually sing it. Your cooking skills. I know you're away from Nonna and your mum now, so uh, and you're living with Gamolka. So, what are your cooking skills like? Mm, I'd say that. They're manageable. Like they're, I give them a pass grade. I know I, there's a few things I can cook, and then I'm good at them, so I just stick to the same things. I don't get too adventurous. I don't nothing crazy. Just my pasta, my steak, my bite of chicken, my rice, stuff like that, and just yeah. Who uh, who taught you the skills? Was it Nonna? Yeah, but she's. I've try, I get frustrated trying to cook what she cooks because it's just never never nearly as good. So mum mum passes down the the, the basic recipes. All right, nice. Video games, do you play? I do. I'm not very good. I just like playing with my friends. Okay. I, um, is there many of the guys games. from the Raw that play online or is it just friends outside of football? Nah, uh, Brisbane there's not too many, but I actually never even set up my PlayStation since I got there, so I haven't played for a couple of months. But at Victory, there was a good crew of us, um, me, Paul Izzo, Ben Falami, Stephanie Gray, Eli Adams, and we would play for hours every day, and it's just hilarious. Yeah, mate, there's, mate if, if we, you could almost run a, a full-time league on the side of, of mm-hmm. guys that play video games and stuff. But, uh, mate, it's a good sign that you haven't unpacked it, which means that uh, you've been working yeah. up there. And so it's good signs for the coming season. Yeah, but also, well, uh, stress, I'm very, very bad at video games. I just play because it's funny <laughs> laughing with my friends. That's all right. You don't have to be the best at everything. If you're having a good time, that's just as important. 100%. I agree. Your ability on the dance floor. Have you got any moves? Uh, I've got a few moves, but they're very rarely seen. You know, I'd have to be having a great time to get it, to bust them out. But um, I actually I I do rate myself as a dancer post win. Okay, in the change rooms to get just get the vibes going, get the boys going a bit. But besides, Are you better than Gauchi? Surely you're better than Gauchi. Oh, oh. Joe is stiff. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know. I, I love him, but I tell you what, if they were picking Socceroos keepers on dancing ability, he wouldn't have got a call up. So he knows for sure they're not looking at dancing, right? He definitely knows that. <laughs> but I do I do love the confidence like, after the game. He, and don't I'm really close with Joe. He knows the cameras are on him. He goes and puts the band over it or pretends like he doesn't want people to see him, but he knows he knows the cameras on him and he loves it. Well, the funny thing is I actually had a chat with him the week before he did his first video and I said, what do you like as a dancer? He said, oh, horrible. My missus tells me to get off the dance floor. And then he did the dancing on there and I was like, 
oh, maybe I was the cause of this. I think I've made him go out and do this stupid dancing. So, yeah. uh, But at the end of the day, like I said, mate, if you're winning games and you're celebrating like that, hats off to you. Mm, 100%. All right, celebrity crush. can be male or female. doesn't have to be a footballer. Oh, actually, obviously TikTok helps a lot these days. Lana Del Rey, yes. musician. I've been yep. seeing a few TikToks of her. She's one beautiful woman, I'll say that. Okay. So if we can get a shout out for you, you keen? I can if I can hit yeah, her up. If you can, if you can sort that out, yeah, mate, I'll do my best, mate. I, you can only try, right? Of course, nothing wrong with trying. There was no, there's no, there's no, um, there's nothing wrong with failing, right? You're better off to know than not know, right? You have a shot, you fail, but if you don't know, you just you'll never know. So jump down the rabbit hole and have a shot. Hundred percent. Lending people money. Oh, I, I have no problem with it at all. I think as footballers, we go out for coffee and lunch and everything so often that. I just find it so tedious when there's six of us there and one by one you have to go pay, pay, pay. I just like it. One day I'll get it, next day I know the other boys have got me and everyone I know has been good so far. And yeah. Mate, honestly, I'm going to speak to the clubs and find out why there's not a like a, a club card that you just guy guys go to coffee, right? You're, you're representing the club. You have to wear your polos when you're out. So it's, you're, doing, <laughs> you're doing something for the community. You're doing something for the club. Surely they can pick up the coffee tab. Oh, yeah, but over the course of a year, that would be an expensive bill. Yeah, but police get free McDonald's. The police get free McDonald's every time they go in because it means it encourages the police to go hang out there and it makes it a safer place. But surely if you're going to coffee shops and putting some money into there, they can they can pay for the bill. Who wants to go in every time and a footballer has to tap his card at the end of the month you got 500 lines of coffee on your charge? Yeah. Like seriously, what a waste of time. Great point. Well, you can you, you can get in touch with Brisbane for that. Mate, I'm happy, mate, I'm, mate, I'm, I'm always here for the players, so I'm more than happy to go in a bat and find out why they're not picking up the coffee tab. Love it used to be sponsored by Coffee Club for crying out loud. Yeah, <laughs> back in the day. <laughs> yeah, I know. So, all right, best player you've ever played with or against? There'd be a few. Yeah, but are you, are you talking like when I played with them or the best career they've had? No, I'm talking about players that you've played either with or against. So it could be either or both. You can give me one of each. Well, the best career of anyone I've ever played with is Lewis Nani, of course. Yep, Champions League winner. Not, not much more to say about him. The best player I've played with is there's two, Jake Brimmer and Michael Jakobsen from Adelaide United. Okay. Those two, completely different players, but I just, they're just different to anyone I've ever played with. And, and um, with Jakob, for example, he just, for someone, who, when I played with him, he would have been last few years of his career and he was slowing down, obviously, as, it, as players get. But he was just so smart that he would be, never be beaten to the ball. He could read the play faster than anyone I've ever played with. As he was left side centre back, I was left back. He just made it so easy for me to play next to him and really helped me transition into A-League. And that's why I hold him as one of the best players I've ever played with for sure. And Jake Brimmer just, I don't know, everyone knows about Jake Brimmer. You just watch him in the game. He's, he's magic. His, his ball control, we used to play one touch in the in the little um, muster room, we called it, before training. And uh, I always used to try and stitch him up trying to get it get everyone to flick his ear and then it just backfired because he just come for me and just smashed the ball at me and no matter where i put it he just controlled it perfectly and just yeah my ears were sore for a few days after that one but what i find strange is jacobson's playing uh in adelaide npl i think now I, I don't know how he's not still playing the league and it took jake brimmer so long to finally find a club that realize his true value right so mm -hmm. i don't know sometimes it's just strange right but it just goes to show persistence right pays off and if you keep doing the hard work hopefully then eventually someone notices 100 mm -hmm. exactly right something you've always wanted to do but have never tried 
Well, it was pretty basic, but travel to Europe, 100%, because it's just been too hard. It's so hard with off-season. We barely get much of it. And I've had a few injuries the last few off-season, so that's something I'm definitely going to try and do next year, I think, hopefully, if everything goes well. But, yeah. Do you have simple. a couple of countries in mind? Is there already an agenda or itinerary that's already in your mind? Well, my sister lives in London, so I want to see her. I've obviously got uh, family from Italy, and, and I've also got a lot of family in Montenegro, so I definitely want to go there as well. Mate, that's the greatest trip ever. I'd be locking in now. Surely you just asked the Raw for a little bit extra time off, right? And you could have gone there and, yeah. and smashed off three amazing countries in one hit. I know. But also, one of the benefits of, of playing with a few different clubs, and I've made so many friends in all different countries. Like, I want to go to Spain to see some of my teammates, and I've got, obviously, Jaco might be in Denmark, so I can go see him, and yeah, plenty of different people. Mate, that's what you do realise with football, right? You can... Uh, I was down in Melbourne early this week and I caught up with a teammate I haven't played with for over 20 years and it was like we walked in, it was like you'd seen them yesterday, right? It's, it's, yeah. there's, there's no other, there's nothing else. Even when you work with people in a, in a corporate office or something, if you saw them, you'd say day. But when you see footballers, mm-hmm. it's like time stood still. It's amazing. So, yeah, look, when you do go over there, you'll have a fantastic time catching up and, and it will be like you'd just seen each other yesterday. Of course, yeah. And that's why I always found it crazy thinking that like at the end of a year, players leave and Everyone does their own thing. And I remember thinking to myself one year, like, damn, I might never see this person again because that's just how football goes. Everyone goes on and lives different lives. But it's like you said, then you will see him one stage down the line, whether it's 5, 10, 15 years, and it's like nothing's changed. Well, I saw that um, Jack Rodwell was travelling. I don't know where it was on socials, but he ran into uh, Pinar that he used to play with at Everton. Now, just by yeah. sheer luck, he's just like they're gone, they're gone for a trip, and by sheer luck, he's running to a guy that he used to play with in the Premier League. So it does happen, yeah. right? And it's it's mm-hmm. amazing. And, yeah, so you, you always do run into him eventually. I'm pretty sure you're running to every player you've ever played with at one time before you yeah. are, before you die. But uh, yeah. last question for you, mate. Who will play in the Women's World Cup final in July? Or is it, Australia? Is it? Yep. I think England. Okay. I don't follow it too much. I follow the Matildas a lot. I've got yep. a few friends that play for them, but I just know that it's going to be, they're going to be in it. The girls, they've, they've done so well the last few years. And this World Cup in Australia is going to be so big that I just, it's just going to be perfect. And it's going to have a perfect ending and they're going to win it. And it's going to be awesome. Yeah, look, I think unfortunately, as sad as, as it is, I think this is the only World Cup we'll ever see in our, in, on this shores in our lifetime because mm-hmm. we missed the uh, Guitar World Cup and then obviously it goes around to every other continent. By the time it comes back here, there's China and Japan and everybody else wanting to be the Asian host. So, yeah, look, I think this is the only chance we'll get. It, it should be something amazing and hopefully it can kickstart, uh, you know, I suppose even bigger things in football in this country because we have a lot of talent. And, you know, this year I, I think the level of the A-League was excellent, even though we're not getting the audience and we're not getting, you know, on the TV or at the games. I think that's to do with the uh, hierarchy, nothing to do with the players. So mm. hopefully we just keep putting that product out and eventually they'll wake up and uh, smell the coffee and realise that we do have an amazing product here. But, uh, mate, thank you very much for your time. I know I'm cutting into your personal time, so I really appreciate it. Um, I wish you all the best uh, spending time with the family and friends in Adelaide and don't drink too many coffees and uh, keep training hard. But uh, really looking forward to seeing you back on the pitch for Raw this year. We're expecting big things from you, and I'll be cheering you along from the sidelines. And uh, we'll check in with you again next year to see how things are going. But until then, thank you very much for being on the Football Revolution. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. It's been fun. You're listening to the Football Revolution. Welcome back to the show. It was great chatting with the very likable Noah Smith. Enjoy the off-season and we're excited to see what's next for you at the Raw. But uh, now it's time for our final part of the show and it's the last time for our uh, A-League shows uh, this season. So it's our clinical finish. And the first uh, part of that is our WTF, our What the Foot. 
I'm calling this one Dumb and Dumber. So the clowns, the village idiots that take out our final WTF are from the UK. There's two of them. The first one was the city fan making a lewd gesture on live TV. You'd be so proud if she was from your family, right? You'd be thinking, oh, my God, I wish she was my daughter or my my wife. Absolute. <laughs> oh, God, I, I don't know how to describe it. And the second one, not so much as a laughing matter as the other one is um, – if it is accurate, the scum that uh, wore the United jersey with 97 on the back with not enough. Love or hate a team, that's fine. Despise them, that's still also cool. But what he did is disgusting. Uh, you know, don't fans or people in the community like that, what happens if it was someone that, you know, you knew or it affected you directly? It's just absolute disaster. Um, you know, he's a messed up individual. I don't know what we do with him. But uh, imagine if it was someone that you knew that, that uh, was lost their life in the Hillsborough tragedy. So he's an absolute idiot, and uh, I don't know what they're going to do with him. But uh, just throw the book at him. So, yeah, Dumb and Dumber for me was the two fans that uh, you know just one was just crazy and embarrassing, and the other one was just absolute vile. So yeah, that's my what the foot this week. Um, yeah, look, I don't have much to add. You know, what the foot? Um, just just stupidity. Um, people doing things without actually thinking about the repercussions and. Um, you know, the impact that it has on others and, you know, it's just absolute immature, absolute childish, um, just disgusting. Um, we don't need fans like that in the game. Um, you know, I'm a Man United fan myself and, you know, what what does going to ground supporting Man United, you know, have to do with, with Hillsborough? You know, what, why even drag that into the equation? Um, go there, enjoy the football, cheer on your team, support, support the lads. Um, you know, enjoy yourself. Um, you know, when you go and and bring attention to yourself like that, um, in, in that way, it's just distasteful. Um, you know, uh, we don't need fans like that at the at, at football. I don't need fans like that associated with my football club. Um, you know, in my opinion, that bloke can absolutely do one, and I hope he never gets to go to a football match again. Honestly, I hope I hope yeah. he never gets gets to watch Man United play a football match again. Um, or watch any any football in, inside a stadium, professional football um, at all. All right, if you missed any part of the show or want to listen to other episodes, where can they catch it? Yeah, they can catch us on all good podcast platforms, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, um, also up on uh, Football Nation Radio across their platforms and um, catch the video up on our YouTube channel. Yeah, look, if they miss us while we're off air for a little while, they can uh, – Look back at some of our other shows or our some other our other star guests. But look, thank you to all our star players and coaches who joined us in the escape room and to the clubs in particular, the media managers who assist us to chat with the stars. We really appreciate and are grateful for the support. To listeners and others who back the show, thank you for getting behind us each season. To FNR, it was great working together again and cheers for having our back. And finally, to you, VIG, uh, it's absolute pleasure chatting football each week with not only someone who understands the game so well, but is a bloody great person. So love your work, mate. Um, grazie to our special guest uh, Noah Smith and wish him all the best we hope you enjoyed the show even half as much as we do bringing it to you this season and we look forward to your company again when we return is there anything you want to add? No just uh, thank you to yourself as well for for hosting and um, absolute pleasure that I uh, get to do this uh, every week with you Thanks mate but uh, look until then let's get ready and get behind our incredible Matildas and hopefully make this a World Cup to never forget all the best to you and your family. And until then, as we say, rise up and join the football revolution. Take care and we'll chat to you soon.